struggle right now my heart goes out to many uh, even today I, I heard sad news from a very close friend uh, regarding loss so I recognize that as a country we're, we're in a really difficult space and uh, yeah I want to acknowledge that even as we as we start talking about a subject matter this morning which is again not an easy one um, I do hope that you are doing well. Um, uh, I am glad that you're listening in this morning to radio. It is good to have you with us. Uh, I'm joined in the studio this morning by really good friends, Chachelo and Safiso. It is good to have you guys with us. And I also believe that we have shortly online another good friend, uh, Michael, who will be joining us from Cape Town. Uh, we'll be starting off by chatting to him about some of the issues which are hap happening around the country. Let, let me just say that you are listening to Radio Pulpit and Radio Cape Pulpit with me, Mark Penrith, your host. Um, I am from a church called Crystal Park Baptist Church. We are on the far east side of Benoni. Basically, if you go Germiston and then Boxburg and then carrying on going east and east and east, just before you hit the Indian Ocean and Mozambique, uh, you get the wonderful suburb of Crystal Park. We are in Benoni. They say wise men come from the east. I am the exception, <laughs> which proves the rule. I, I serve the church as a pastor taking care of the souls of men and changing the light bulbs <laughs> when that is needed and a shout out to everyone tuning in from my city um on table talk we have various guests coming in and conversing on a range of biblical subjects uh, on the controls this morning pressing all the buttons making sure that the lights stay on is our co-labor in the ministry it's good to have you with us and poor brother thanks um listener we are inviting you to in to join in the conversation so as we speak we love it when you engage we love it when you send through questions we love it when you send through comments which are on your mind how might you do that you ask well firstly let me tell you the subject that we're going to be talking through in the second half of the first hour and the second hour this morning we we really are talking about um, fostering we are talking about places of safety we are talking about adoptions um, and we are encouraging families to open their hearts and their homes to children as places of safety so um, my friends uh, Sofiso and Chachelo come in uh, they represent an organization called Open uh, Home uh, Africa and we are going to be talking on that really important subject I have no doubt that there are listeners who are online today who have knowledge of adoption you were adopted uh, you have adopted you are thinking about adoption this would be a great opportunity for you to tell our story your story um, uh, it might be that you were fostered that you are thinking about fostering uh, that you have fostered um, uh, or you have some knowledge of places of safety or how these things work we're looking forward to hearing your stories on radio today so how can you get involved in the conversation on WhatsApp and Telegram, the telephone number is 082. You need to get a pen and paper to write this down. Let me give you two seconds. <laughs> the telephone number is 082-657-2729. Love voice notes. Get those voice notes rolling in. On Twitter, the handle is at 657AM. 
And then on Facebook, the Facebook page is Radio Pulpit, Radio Council. We are currently live streaming, so you will see a live video uh, on Facebook. And if you drop uh, comments into the comments down below the post, I will literally see them popping up on my screen. And I am looking forward to that. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, love interacting uh, with the live audience uh, on live radio. It is always fun. Uh, joining us now is is uh, my friend uh, Michael uh, he joins us from the fair city of Cape Town but he doesn't join us to talk about the we- the weather <laughs> Michael Swain is the executive director of 4SA he studied law abroad he has been successful in business he is the co-founder of the His People Every Nation church movement in South Africa um, and as far as 4SA is concerned they are a legal advocacy organization working to permit to protect and promote the constitutional right to religious freedom in South Africa. Michael, it's so good to have you on radio with us this morning. Uh, It's always great to be with you, Mark. And uh, just a quick fun fact uh, in light of your conversation this morning, I'm actually an adopted child. So I was adopted and uh, grew up with uh, parents who were not my uh, biological parents and have only ever been grateful for the wonderful opportunities that that presented me with. Wow, Michael, thanks for sharing that. I, I, I really appreciate I didn't know that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm an, an adoptive parent myself, um, and so adoption is really close to my heart. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm really looking to the second half, forward to the second half of the show. Brother, as you join us, I I know that you've had an incredibly busy week this week. I've been seeing photos of you and Nadine um, uh, on workshops and just kind of doing a million things. You want to tell us um, what you're currently up to and and what's been taking up your time uh, in the past week? Yeah, it's been an incredibly busy week. There have been a couple of very uh, important consultations with uh, different uh, departments of government this week. Uh, the one was a, a three-hour consultation with the Department of Home Affairs, and there was the opportunity to give input into the uh, marriage policy, the green paper that they placed uh, into the public sphere now, and comments are open on that uh, until June the 30th. A lot of stuff is culminating uh, June the 30th at the end of this month, and we, for SA, we have, a, uh, as we usually do, uh, a template submission that people can look at to express uh, the concerns or if they want to share the concerns that we have. Um, we, we obviously recognize that the marriage um, legislation in this country needs to be uh, sort of put together. There were some gaps in it. Um, mm. You know, Certain marriages weren't recognized. Certain people were being disadvantaged by it. So mm. the principle of having an overhaul is a good one, but it's the outcome that one has to be careful about. And particularly, we want to be sure that in the process, obviously, uh, the conscientious religious and belief rights of particularly marriage officers, both state marriage officers and religious marriage officers, should be upheld. In other words, nobody should be forced to solemnize a marriage or a type of marriage that goes against their conscience and belief. And that, that's been the case certainly in the Marriage Act and also, in interesting enough, in the Civil Union Act. Um, but you might recall last year, uh, the state marriage officers were actually stripped of their conscientious rights uh, after an amendment was passed, which we thought was really unconscionable. I mean, the state should be the first 
group or the first party to uphold constitutional rights of which freedom of religion section 15 is obviously a very important one but anyway the, the, just to quickly get to the bottom line the options that they placed before uh, were an indiscriminate in other words no exceptions if you're registered as a marriage officer you will be required to marry you're not allowed to discriminate and uh, you your conscience basically is irrelevant yes uh, option two is that if you're a religious marriage officer, your conscience right can be upheld, but not if you're a public servant. Or option three is to allow both religious marriage officers and state marriage officers to have the right to conscientious uh, objection, but then to expand uh, marriage officers, in other words, to allow other people from other groups who will be willing to um, solemnize any form of marriage. Um, now, the department basically were taking the view that they don't want to really get involved in the solemnization process they're more interested in the registration process they want to make sure that in the event of death or divorce um or particularly you know maybe in underage marriages which have been taking place um that there aren't people falling through the cracks and what we're basically saying is all well and good but we must see this in the form of provisions in statutes or in proposed statutes so we noted uh, with concern that in the proposed uh, marriage bill, the discussion paper that was put out last month by the South African Law Reform Commission, there was no specific protection for marriage officers' conscientious religious beliefs or their tenets of their organization to be respected in that sense. So that's what we're going to be pushing for. That's what we're going to be watching for. Um, we absolutely cannot have a situation where particularly religious marriage officers, are forced to solemnize marriages or relationships which go contrary to the, their beliefs or those of their organization. That for us is an absolutely unacceptable, non-negotiable. Michael, it, it seems kind of, uh, I mean, having spoken to you for for a number of years now and interacted with 4SA on a number of issues, even before um, I was on, on radio, um, it, it, it does seem to me that these bills always start off um, kind of as repressive as they possibly could be, <laughs> as if the, uh, as, as, as if um, uh, they, they kind of like open themselves to, to public comment and then based on the public comment, um, various different uh, caveats are then placed, uh, are then put in place. Um, all the bill is completely repealed um, if it was, uh, if it was really, really weak. Um, it, is is that, is that kind of just the way that the legal system works uh, in South Africa? The way that laws are promulgated in South Africa that they that they they kind of uh, yeah they, they they start off without the kinds of caveats in place that that are needed in order to protect the religious community in particular. That, that is an interesting observation, and it certainly does seem that way. Um, I think, if anything, whether that is intentional or not, by the way, I think if anything. What you highlight there is the absolute necessity mm. for us as citizens to engage in this process because it is a democratic process and we do have opportunities to have our voices heard. And what we have seen, by the way, is where your voices are not heard, then it's basically the loudest voices that prevail. So in that civil union yes. amendment bill, which, for example, stripped uh, religious freedom and conscientious rights from state marriage officers, uh, what happened there at the end was they had the submissions at Parliament in the final setting. And on the one side was the submissions from the religious community saying, please protect 
the faith rights of uh, state-employed marriage officers. Just because you work for the state doesn't mean to say that your religious freedom rights should be removed from you. And on the other side were obviously people, particularly from the LGBT community in that instance, who wanted uh, that right to be stripped away. And on the one hand, religious side, maybe 15 submissions. On the other side, 450 plus submissions. They were falling off the table. And the chairman said, look, the people have spoken. Yeah. So, you know, if we don't speak up, yes. then we have only ourselves to blame if we do find ourselves living with draconian laws that we are not then happy with. But frankly, we've got to speak up while there is yet time to do so. I mean, that is so helpful for you to say. And, and, and really, I've seen a lot of movement recently, particularly amongst um, pastor friends on various different pastor groups, uh, in terms of mobilization around things like the Papuda legislation um, and other legislation, uh, which I'm finding encouraging. It, it's as if it's as if people are recognizing the role that they need to pay, play in a very positive way. And, and part of that honestly uh, Michael has been that uh, uh, you know together with 4SA you have really been championing so well um, the need for people to get involved so well done to you guys uh, uh, hats off <laughs> no, well, well thank you we, we actually um, as you know we're pushing very hard on the Papuda Amendment Bill uh, because that is truly the most horrendous piece of legislation in its current form it will literally be the death knell of religious freedom and i don't say that uh, with the intention of exaggerating fortunately people have responded they have taken up the the challenge if you like to push back we actually heard yesterday that the mail uh, box at the department of justice had basically crashed um we 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 know that they've now had over 30,000 submissions just from one source so uh, we believe they're being flooded, but we've got to keep it up because, you know, if we keep up the pressure, if we push back hard enough, then even if government were to decide, look, we're going to go forward anyway, then we can mount a strong constitutional challenge. And it is a numbers game in that sense. And so every voice counts. Well, Make a submission. Well, even as we're talking, let me just encourage the Radio Pulpit listeners. I, I know that um, you talking on the show is making a difference, uh, Michael. I know that people respond as they get information on the show. I've been very encouraged, even today, as I've heard um, testimony of, of folk um, uh, responding to what they've heard um, on Radio Pulpit. And so while you have the microphone, Michael, and while you're waving the red flag on Papuda, uh, let me just say... Radio Pulpit listeners, this is your opportunity to stand up and to make a difference in terms of future legislation in our country and making sure that we have legislation which protects your right to religious freedom. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, great point, Michael. Thank you so much. So, great. And, and just on that score, obviously go to the 4SA website. Uh, that's www, of course, forsa.org.za and the first thing you're going to see is a click through uh, to send and literally within two minutes you can make a submission you can make your voice heard it will count it's literally logged every single submission is logged so don't delay please we have until the 30th of june and we must push back as hard and as many of us as we can 
Excellent. Yeah, I mean, kind of like our conversation has gone through all the main points that that I wanted us to chat about. Um, I know that you did have a meeting with Cogta as well. Have you? Uh, do you just want to detail that out a little bit and uh, tease that out a little bit more? Yes, we, there were two meetings, in fact, a total of six hours. So Tuesday night and uh, last night. And Minister Kosozano Lamini Zuma, uh, who, as you know, is the Cogta minister, currently really the um, Tsar of the lockdown, so to speak, or the Tsarina, perhaps. <laughs> that would. Um, she, 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 she was there. And it was to give the opportunity for the faith community to really explain their experience of these lockdown regulations. And frankly, it, it's been, to a large extent, a house of horrors. I mean, it has been obvious that the government has unfairly discriminated against religious gatherings if you look at the way they've treated other gatherings and one of the big concerns of course has been the way that the police have behaved and really the horrendous police brutality some meetings broken up uh, women shot with rubber bullets gassed i mean just horrible stuff whereas of course other gatherings which are just blatantly not abiding by any of these lockdown regulations, particularly political ones, not a policeman in sight. But churches, they've got helicopters, tear gas, they've got water cannons. I mean, it, it, it is very, very bad and serious how the church has been treated in that respect. But over and above that, our biggest concern has been the lack of consultation uh, with the religious community. Um, the minister made it clear that that's just optional. Um, they've done it as a sort of a grace gesture. They don't have to, uh, which is probably true, by the way, under the um, Disaster Management Act. But one of the things that we've also said is that if you do limit a right, particularly right to freedom of religion so we can gather together, you have to show that it is rational. It's got to be justifiable. It's got to be proportionate. It's got to be fit for purpose. And so even now that we've just moved into level three, do you know only four provinces are officially in the third wave? So why, therefore, is the whole country uh, locked down? Why not follow a differentiated approach? And they're clearly not based on science. It's based on maybe gut feeling. But gut feeling is not the right uh, measure to use when you're actually removing people's fundamental human rights. And at the same time, you know, taxis are still running 100% capacity. People literally sitting shoulder to shoulder, cheek to cheek, in close proximity. And, of course, depending upon the distance travelled, and often people are sitting in those taxis like that for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Um, what is the difference between that as a super spreader and churches, which actually have never been proven to be super spreaders, which have the most strict sanitation, hygiene and social distancing protocols in place? So you know, we're simply saying it's not the correct scale that's being applied here. Religious workers, even today, are not officially in record recognized as essential workers, whereas, in fact, they've been at the front line of the pandemic right from the get-go. So all these things, we believe, need to be aired. Um, there have been a lot of questions asked, and we are trusting that uh, government are going to come back with some very good responses. But one thing seems to be clear is that this Disaster Management Act, which has almost zero accountability uh, for government in it, not even from parliament, uh, needs to be uh, severely overhauled lest we face this type of thing in the future. And of course, our court case, we trust, which is going to take place later in the year, will also set some valuable precedents so that government won't be able to just treat the religious community inequitably as they have done under the current pandemic situation. 
Brother, you have your hands full at the moment. Uh, so much on your plate. Um, yeah, please know that uh, our prayers really do go out to you as you do good work on behalf of the churches and the church with a capital C. Thank you very much for all that you're doing. Maybe just uh, a last time, uh, point out that uh, if folk want to get involved and want to know more information about the valuable work that uh, Freedom SA is doing, uh, they can go to their website, 4sa.org.za, and there, there's also the ability to respond to things like the Papuda Amendment Act um, and other information regarding some of the, um, the, the, the comments and concerns which Michael has raised today. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Always great to be with you and have a great day further. Yeah, enjoy your Friday. Cheers. Well, guys, uh, it's uh, again wonderful to be with you, South Africa, as we uh, interact on this Friday morning in the middle of winter. Um, uh, bone dry, not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> maybe, maybe another two months to go until we enjoy the sweet rains of spring. Until, until that happens. We will continue to engage uh, with various different people on a range of Bible topics on Friday mornings between 9 and 11 on Table Talk with Mark. This morning, <coughs> excuse me while I clear my throat, um, this morning I'm talking to my friends, Safiso and Chagelo. We are talking about uh, the most important subject um, of encouraging families to open their hearts and their homes to children as places of safety and fostering, um, as well as adoption. So, I mean, we're covering quite a quite a wide <laughs> range of topics. Uh, this is important stuff. Uh, this is stuff which touches so many people um, um, meaningfully in our country. I mean, even you know, <laughs> this morning, just uh, opening up the conversation with Michael and and just hearing uh, of of his adoption and and just realizing this this touches real people in real ways. That this is an important topic uh, for us as the church, for us as Christians, for us as pastors, um, and as vi and as individuals to be talking around. Um, friends who are online, I have no doubt that you have experience and. And you have uh, input to add to this conversation, maybe questions to ask uh, around this conversation to Safiso and Chachelo as they talk. Let me remind you how you can get and uh, get in on the conversation, how you can engage with us on WhatsApp and Telegram. The telephone number is 082-657-2729. On Facebook, we are on Radio Pulpit Radio Console, and on Twitter, we are on at 657am. I'm looking for forward to engaging with you but to start let me engage with yourself Chagelo, and yourself Sefiso. Uh, it's great to have you guys on this is not the first time that you've spoken on table talk yeah. uh, I'm right yeah you guys were on in March February February close about there <laughs> <laughs> close about there thank you for having us Mark oh man it's really good to be here well, look, I mean, you guys aren't just uh, some random organization out there that I have no affection for. Obviously, I'm bound uh, to you guys. Uh, I've been very involved in, in your story. You guys have been very involved in Liesl and my story. Um, we've been friends for a number of years. We've broken bread in our homes together uh, many times. Um, but but we are passionate about the same things. I mean, we, we, are, we are really passionate um, as couples about adoption. Um, wh where did your passion for this particular subject start? 
Um, firstly, thank you, uh, Mark, uh, for having us and uh, to the rest of uh, the Radio Pulpit uh, crew. Uh, just a moment of indulgence is, uh, you know, Radio Pulpit for me in my <laughs> journey as a Christian, when I got saved, I was 16. Um, I'm, almost, I'm almost double that age now. Um, <laughs> it was it was very formative in exposing me to the truth of the gospel. And wow, cool. It's uh, very, very like surreal just to be here in the studio so it's it's quite a moment hey yeah. man that's that's brilliant yeah, so uh, lovely to, to hear thank you to that witness yeah yeah so just to answer your question more more directly i think it, it is it is something that we uh as as a couple are very passionate about um you know the 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 the, the, the intentional you know seeking out of uh children to give them a loving home um we are adoptive parents um, and uh, as you said, and uh, we have a, a very feisty, very energetic uh, six-year-old going on to seven. His name is Fide, and um, <laughs> yeah, we do, we we we've seen you know just uh, the Lord's hand in our lives and His life mm. from the time He came into our life, and uh, we, we He's added so much that we didn't realize that we need we needed to to witness and uh, be partake in and so we want to share that journey with every with every other couple that's willing um, every other individual uh, who's willing um, to walk on that journey too because we feel there's a crisis that can be met by the yes. church in particular well I mean just in terms of that uh, that, that story and uh, Fide being included into your guys homes mm. uh, obviously like I mentioned before uh, my wife Liesl and I uh, we are the proud parents of three kids, uh, K1, K2, and Mr. T, uh, Caitlin and Catherine being oh, 18 and 16 now, and uh, Mr. T being Thomas, um, being our lot, Lamaki, uh, adopted uh, eight years ago. Um, and, and as we went through the process of adoption, I, I think maybe one of, the, one of the first connections that we had as with you as a family mm-hmm. is you wanted to see what that was all about and, and, and how we had gone through that process. And I, I remember getting together with you guys at Princess Alice Adoption uh, uh, Home. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, we had a picnic and the fire engines came out and there were a whole lot of uh, uh, couples who had adopted kids yeah. and uh, yeah, just uh, uh, spending time time together talking about Jesus uh, talking about uh, reformed convictions because because mm-hmm. uh, we had that we, we we shared that in terms of in terms of our story I can remember you being passionate at that stage about the 1689 confession of faith and mm-hmm. uh, and us engaging on that uh, for for quite a while <laughs> but really uh, uh, talking about adoption and and talking yeah. about the process of adoption and mm-hmm. uh, and and the joys <laughs> and the difficulties mm-hmm. you know some of the mm-hmm. some of the family dynamics which Liesl and I had faced and um, some of the concerns that we had for the future and, yeah. and some of the joys that we had in the presence in terms of this mm-hmm. this process. Uh, I actually, I think for about seven years, my profile shot uh, on uh, on Facebook was a photo of uh, of Thomas on my uh, on my shoulders yeah. um, that we took. Uh, one of you guys took on that yeah. on that day uh, with the fire engine <laughs> in the background, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was yeah. just a it was just a really sweet and and great time. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, our our passion about adoption. Just in terms of relaying that topic, um, it's quite important that that most people that go through the process of 
fostering, of being a place of safety, or of adopting, mm-hmm. um, go through it in relationship with others. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they they see people who have you know gone before, mm-hmm. or they see people who are taking this journey next to them, mm-hmm. um, and 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 we kind of learn by the experience and from the experience of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what's really encouraged me about the organization that you guys are involved with, uh, Open Home Africa, um, in, in, that, in that you are seeking to create the networks mm. um, where, whereby those relationships can happen. But why don't you tell me a little bit, of, or tell the listeners a little bit about Open Home Africa so that they can get a little piece of the vision yeah. uh, that you guys have yeah. started to create. So you mentioned that uh, picnic that we had at uh, Princess Alice, um, and and I think that's that was one of the key milestones in our adoption um, journey because it was an exposure. Mm. And I think a lot of people, if you don't see it being modelled in your community in and around your church, it, it's a concept that's very far. You know, we know about it, we yes. hear it in the preaching, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's beautiful. But if we haven't walked <laughs> yes. alongside others to see that actually this thing is possible, mm. you know, um, there are a lot of barriers. But when you see it happen um, in front of your eyes, mm. then you're like, actually, it's possible. Mm. And 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 Spisa and I were, were on a journey. We didn't know that the Lord was just throwing us into this um, almost eight years ago. And it was like, okay, I think this is where the Lord wants us. And, and yes. he, what what breaks His heart broke our hearts. You yes. know, when it comes to um, just the abandonment of children and and how many orphans are filled with little ones who don't have people to love them and care for them and all of that. So um, the Lord just then said, okay, um, you you guys then you know go on this journey and and that's how we opened up our home actually this started a few years ago before we even um started the organization so we were we were really um um uh, impressed the the concept was really impressed by um, seeing other couples go through it and also seeing it in the bible because then it became really real mm. oh my lord what a beautiful thing, yes. you know, and being adopted and what the Lord has done for us and how we inherit um, 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 literally Jesus' inheritance because of you're grafted into the family. It's yeah. like, oh, we could also do that to others, yeah. you know, bring people into our family and love them the way the Lord loves us. And so that's that's how the journey started with us. And um, ages on, uh, Open Home Africa sort of kick-started last year because of um, the pandemic. Um, we got a phone call in the middle of um, the hard lockdown and I then said, wait a minute. The real guys who should be open up their homes are the churches. Yeah. Christians in the churches. Yes. What happens when crisis strikes? Where do people run to? Yes. Everything is locked down right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't go to a crisis pregnancy center. You can't go to a orphan. Where does someone who has a crisis, who has a baby, go to now? Yes. You know. And so started talking to a few few, few friends that actually, when everything is sorted and the restrictions are lifted. We need to go back to the original source, which is the church, and encourage families, encourage single people to say, look, if the Lord has given you means, 
why don't you open up your home? Mm. There's such a dire need out there that there are children who are desperate just for a loving home. You don't have to have anything fancy, mm. Mm. just a roof over your head, a bed to sleep with, and just love. They want to mm. be held. They want to be spoken to. They want to be walked with. This is this is discipleship 101. Mm. Mm. You know, um, uh, this is where it can actually happen in our homes. And so that's where the idea um, came from. And we've had four workshops in, in, in four different churches. And it's been amazing that the people have been saying, actually, we've been wanting to do this. And the Lord is bringing people whose hearts were in it, yes. you know. Um, but they just didn't know what is the process. Where do we, how do we set this up as a church, yes. you know. So it's been lovely to see what the response is. Man, you know, as you're talking, I just realized how fortunate Liesl and I were in this process. And that... Uh, we came to faith and then joined a church, Midrand Chapel, um, mm. uh, in Midrand. And and there, at the time, <laughs> maybe there were a hundred adults, um, and of those a hundred adults, there were maybe fifty <laughs> adopted kids. Mm. Um, we saw adoption in front of our eyes when we went to Bible studies. We saw adoption in front of our eyes when we went to church on Sundays. We were constantly exposed to adoption, which which really, I guess, removed many of the barriers mm. um, to adoption away from us. Um, but recognizing that not everybody has that advantage. And um, one of the things that I've loved about what you guys are doing as an organization, uh, Open Home Africa, mm-hmm. and and maybe even now, just to say if, if, if folk have questions about adoption, if folk would like to be connected to in, any of the resources that we speak about on this program, mm-hmm. um, or the people or the process that we speak about on this program, they are welcome to reach out to you guys on mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, if you had to, on Facebook, just search for Open Home Africa uh, you'll hit your guys Facebook page and just to encourage people to like and to um, uh, follow uh, and to ask questions uh, through that uh, communication channel um, but one of the things that I've really liked about you as an organization, I've been to uh, workshops that you guys have held. We've actually been able to host workshops that you guys have held at Crystal Park Baptist Church. Um, but but your intention is to remove some of the barriers yeah. that mm. people face Absolutely. as they come to adoption. Uh, you want to talk about maybe what some of those barriers are um, mm. that, 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 that people just immediately face um, as they come to adoption because they seem to be kind of common you know it it seems to be uh, we have common experience common common things that hold us back before we jump into this with two feet Uh, you want to you want to maybe flesh some of those out yeah sure I I mean when we 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 certainly can reflect even from our own experience Mm -hmm. Um, the the, the, there's essentially about four barriers to get four stages of the journey mm-hmm. um, and then you're on the journey yeah right? um, and uh, the first one I think really as Hachelo alluded to is that you need to be aware of it and see it modeled and exposure is is, is one of the biggest um, you know priorities of uh, you know Open Home Africa's initiatives to raise awareness of the need and the crisis and also raise awareness of how that crisis can be addressed and so that's yes. the first protocol to understand that adoption is an option okay um, and then the second part of it is uh, the how um, yeah. to say, okay, there are administrative processes uh, and legal processes that need to be followed. Yes, um, <laughs> you know, so much paperwork. Yes, <laughs> and, and and it may sound daunting and it sounds intimidating, especially when you don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, just uh, being uh, aware that there is a community and there are people that you can walk alongside mm. you on this journey. Yes. Um, and uh, the third is the resource. 
um, uh, firstly, the resources being the financial uh, uh, means mm-hmm. assessments that need to be done as part of that process. Um, uh, and uh, the, the, the costs, for example, on, 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 on the private journey and on, on a private social worker um, you know, process, uh, you're looking at about 18,000 rands. Yeah. So already that's a lot to consider mm. um, up front uh, before you've even you know, um, started the whole process of actually meeting your, 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 your child and uh, um, being allocated uh, you know, the, 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 the child. And because it's, it's one of those things where it, 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 the fourth step is the most important because now that's where you are meeting together for the first time. Yes. Um, and, um, and, and that's the most, em- that's the most emotional um, and most uh, uh, sensitive part of it um, where I think, you know, once those, that connection is made, so then the journey begins, you know, um, with that child yeah. and that family. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, that, those are the four steps. Uh, yes. th- and there are barriers, but we want to just assure people that you don't have to face that mm-hmm. alone. And that's what Open Home yeah. uh, Africa is there to assist yeah. and, and encourage you along. Especially with the, the the one before the baby comes, right? Because, mm. you know, when you're pregnant, everyone sees your tummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you're paper pregnant, no one knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 the family conversations that happen, yeah. um, that I've seen a lot of couples um, uh, get stuck on. Yes. Because it's like, we really want to do this, but we're not sure how I'm my mom is going to do Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's like, um, in the white context, it happens, and in the black context, it happens, yep. you know? <laughs> um, we got the, ah, but guys, you don't have faith. We <laughs> must just wait a bit. You know, we had been married for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, but, you know, God's will is God's will, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, we wait for how long while a baby sits in an orphanage, yes, you know. Yes. Um, at the moment, we have the means. At the mm. moment, we have an extra room. Mm. So not that we don't believe. Yes. We do believe. Yes. But perhaps this is God's way yes. of extending our family. And we want so, a baby. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we so want a child. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Let's do this thing. So conversations around the, the family and of course extended family coming up with this uh, mm, do you even know the answers to this child that comes up yeah. mm. and it's a cultural belief thing that I've seen with um, black South Africans where because they don't know where this baby comes from therefore as a result we must step back because yes. now we don't know and I'm like wait wait aren't we new creatures you know we 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 in Christ um, this this of it's not who gives birth to you that matters. Yeah. It's what it's it's who has authorized your your birth, and that's the most important thing. Yes. Where Christianity is the most not that culture trumps yeah. over what we believe. You know. I, I'm so. I'm like sitting here smiling because the conversation is so useful mm. uh, when it happens like in our context because mm. you do you 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 bring. You bring the reality of mm-hmm. adoption in a black family, mm-hmm. and you talk of nuances like you know uh, ancestors or yeah. you know culture and this in a white family um all the all the opposition that yeah. comes in, in terms of the family it is different mm-hmm. uh, there there's like uh, there's going to be there's going to be um uh, issues in terms of racial identity there's yes. going to be issues in terms of cultural identity yes. what language is the child going to speak is a literal question i've had more than once yes. um uh, y- you know the, but but really it comes it comes down um to concern mm-hmm. i guess uh, regarding change that 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 
people who love us most can't manage on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe a different way of extending a family which people haven't necessarily had good exposure to or good experience of. And so they have they have genuine concerns and aren't always great at articulating <laughs> that. Um, and haven't thought through these things for yeah. themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, as you mentioned at the end, sometimes haven't thought through this um, w- with with the heart and through the eyes of Jesus Christ Um, and so there is a bit of a journey that we have to go through with our family we experience that (laughs) you guys experience that Mm -hmm. and most people that I speak to who Mm -hmm. have adopted have experienced that Um, there's fear there's concerns what will mom and dad say Mm -hmm. even though we adults making our own decisions uh, there's Mm -hmm. all these pressures that we have all these barriers that have to be overcome Sophie, so you mentioned four things, and um, I just recognise that Open Doors as an organisation doesn't open actually. Home. Oh, did I do Open Doors again? Why do I keep on doing that? <laughs> open close. Home Africa. Very close, very I, I've been trying to be very, very careful. Open <laughs> Home Africa. Go. Um, go and check out their Facebook page, guys. It might be really, really helpful to you. Um, uh, and I am notice, noting that a lot of people are commenting and a lot of oh, people wow. are joining into the conversation. Lovely to have you guys with us, uh, Corey and Llewellyn and Jojo. And I saw Penny and a couple of other folk uh, uh, commenting below. Ishwa, a uh, great topic. Uh, he's busy working. Uh, we'll listen later. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's great to be with you guys. We'll start interacting on questions and comments uh, shortly. Um, but you, you mentioned uh, four barriers. You spoke about um, f- the first barrier, adoption is an option. Correct. You spoke about administration, you spoke about resources, and then you spoke about that final connection that yes. you have with the child. I, I mean, I, I'd love us to dig into each one of those, but mm-hmm. but maybe to say that, that Open Home Africa as an organization basically sits um, not in the thick of connecting you with the child, yes. performing the social work or um, housing children. Y- you guys as an organization sit to basically help remove some of those barriers, to yeah. remove the questions from people's mm. hearts and from their minds so that you can basically facilitate getting people into connection um, and getting people through the process so mm. that you can connect children with, so that you can see children mm. being connected with parents. Yes, yes. And so and so just, uh, I mean, you touched on uh, the the vision that we have to say why we do this right and it's uh, really to see every child have and be in a loving home yes. um, because we truly believe it is possible uh, it is something that I think uh, as Rachel alluded to that if more people hear it know it see it um, uh, modeled it's something that they would ideally by the Lord's will yes. open up their home mm-hmm. so in terms of the, the the four points that we are you know t- taking people through those those four barriers if you will um, we're not removing them uh, we are enabling you know hopefully you know people to overcome them because mm-hmm. they're there um, yes. And uh, they have to be overcome. And so the awareness one is really through resources, those seminars, uh, and uh, just uh, disseminating information that en- enables people to make those decisions. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about awareness mm. briefly, yeah. uh, as we can and as time allows. Um, I mean, there is a grave need mm. in South Africa True. for, and I mean, let's go through all three of those, for places of safety, for yes. adoption, uh, and for fostering. There, there is a grave need. Uh, let's just talk to the need a little bit, and 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 maybe just talk to the to to to, to our hearts, because uh, unless we're aware of the need, uh, our, yeah. our hearts aren't going to be opened up to it. So, mm. 
I found a very um, good fact sheet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, by Dee Blackie, and she just drills it down so nicely. And if you don't mind, I'd love to yeah, read that. Yeah, sure. Uh, these are stats on abandoned children in South Africa. Yes. Uh, Child Welfare South Africa estimated that more than 3,000 babies are abandoned in South Africa every year. Wow. Okay. And um, currently, the stats detailing um, the number of abandoned children, are, are, uh, there are no current stats, but what we do know is that there's an increase. Um, 4.5. Well, ha- hang on, sorry. 3,000 kids abandoned a year in South Africa mm-hmm. and... Basically, as we as we look at what's happening around us, we're pretty certain that there's been an increase. There's Absolutely. been an increase <laughs> over just the hard lockdown last year. There was a spike wow. of mm. abandoned babies. So we're yet to get those numbers, but yes. there has been a definite increase in Gauteng, um, uh, KZN, Cape, Cape Town. You see the spike because you yes. see the news articles that come out. Yes. There's um, 5 million orphans. Uh, and they have increased. Um, but you, what is so scary is that um, there's high levels of abandonment and low levels of adoption, right? Because of just the documentation, it takes so long to do. Um, some have to wait five years yeah, for birth yeah, certificates. Yeah. Mm, you yes. know? So you, you, you hear that this is the dire need. These are the numbers that are rising. But at the same time, the decline is happening with um, uh, couples who are actually adopting. So it's just like, oh, Lord, um, w- w- what's, what's, what's actually happening here? More children are being put in a situation where they're vulnerable and um, neglected. Mm. So we're going to have a generation of young people who weren't loved, mm-hmm. you know, weren't um, guided or raised up in a proper um, home setting, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, we know it's, it's it's broken everywhere. You can't have a mommy and daddy, but at least, you know, there could be a home, you yeah. know. Yeah. So well, uh, you, these are just you, some of the numbers. I mean, when, when, we, when we talk about that, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just say uh, we were talking in the car on the way, yeah, uh, you know, uh, the adoption homes are doing a sterling Absolutely. job. Um, I think of Princess Alice Adoption Home, where where Thomas was adopted from, um, and just the excellence of care yeah. uh, which they were giving there. The nursing care was excellent. The administration uh, was excellent. They had um, folk from the community who would come in and play with the kids and mm. read to the kids. We were really impressed by just the the amount of effort which went in mm. um, to taking care of the children um, at that home. That said, and this is where kind of like it does, it tugs on the heartstrings and Mm. and sits in my throat. Um, I distinctly remember uh, when we first started to visit Thomas, uh, he stayed in the home for about two weeks before he was reminded into our custody Mm. uh, and we took him home. And over that two-week period, I I would drive through to to the adoption home every single day. And uh, when I arrived, um, uh, you'd walk into a room where 20 little children uh, from the age of just a few months all the way to about Mm. two was the oldest child uh, in that particular home. Um, As you opened the door, every single head in the room would Mm. whip around. (laughs) 20 kids staring you down. (laughs) As you took a seat on a beanbag, I, I mean, this is just seared into my head. Every child would use every mechanism that they had to get to you as quickly as possible. So those who could crawl would 
crawl, those who could waddle would <laughs> waddle, and the rest would move in your direction like little worms to try and get to you, to climb on you, to climb into your arms, to sit on your lap, to get attention from mm, you. Mm. Because as good a job as what the adoption homes were doing, mm. uh, what they couldn't replace was the kind of love mm. w- which comes from a, uh, fr- from a, from a, a, a loving home yeah. <laughs> yeah. which will which will care for them and give them the kind of love yeah. um, that each and every one of us created in the image of God needs um, you know I'm reminded that we are created in the image of God mm-hmm. that he that, that that God in chapter 1 of Genesis says let us make man in yes. our image that before the foundation of the world the word was with God and yeah. um, that word with is is pros that he mm-hmm. that he was toward God and mm-hmm. um, th- that God the Father and God the Son eternally existed um, in in a unified, loving relationship with one another. They didn't create the heavens and the earth and even man in order to express their love um, as if they didn't have a mechanism to love and so forth, therefore yeah. created us to shower their love upon. Mm. No, the love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit yes. now was a perfect love, yes. an mm. eternal love. Yes. Um, and we are created in that image. It, mm. It's no wonder that we have a love for one another, um, that, that our hearts are, 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 are created with this propensity to love, that yeah. it's, under, it's something that, that is a communicable perfection of mm. God, mm. which we experience mm. uh, between a husband and a wife. Life and mm. between a mother and a father and a child. Absolutely. Um, and so you walk into an adoption home and 20 little heads shoot toward you and bodies start to move and mm. they just want to get into your lap. They just want to be hugged. Mm. They just want to be have a book read yeah. uh, to them. Uh, they just need that. Uh, and uh, yeah, when you when you think about uh, the abandonment of children, mm. three thousand a year, and mm. that number growing mm. because of the current situations that we find mm. ourselves in, um, the reality is, if you're listening to this today, um, uh, there is a great need <laughs> that is out there, yeah. and uh, I mean, certainly my my hope uh, is that your heart is moved toward action, mm. um, because we do we need Absolutely. to see more people yes. adopting more children Absolutely. that God might be glorified yeah. or even open up your home as a foster, as a foster care. Home, which we love to talk about well yeah let, let, we, we're gonna we're gonna talk about let, let us start off the second hour by mm. talking about what is the difference between places of safety mm. fostering and adoption um, uh, whilst we don't have to go to news we do need to take a, a break in order to have some adverts uh, we're going to start off just with a, a slight musical interlude we are going to be listening to The Beauty of Deliverance by Neville D well folk again it's great to be with you on this Friday I really do enjoy my Friday mornings I love to talk to folk from all over South Africa about important topics. Today, we are talking about encouraging families to open their hearts and their homes to children as places of safety, fostering, and adoption. I'm talking to my really good friends, Sofiso and Gagelo Pule. They represent an organization, Open Home Africa, and uh, they are really talking to us about um, the kinds of barriers that folk face when it comes to 
uh, places of acting as a place of safety as uh, fostering uh, and adoption uh, and we've been speaking about those barriers um, for the last hour uh, we discussed um, it under four uh, under four big topics we discussed awareness we discussed administration mm-hmm. we discussed resources and we discussed a connection mm-hmm. uh, with the children open the home Africa exists to help to remove those kinds of barriers and yes. um, to really put people together to see people put uh, people put together with children mm. um, uh, and to facilitate that process I'm uh, really grateful for a number of comments uh, from uh, folk uh, that have come in over the last uh, hour uh, thank you to each and every one of you uh, Mandy uh, thank you to uh, Ishwa thank you to Zander thank you to Corey thank you to Jojo thank you to Llewellyn uh, thank you to Rachel um, thank you to Jean uh, really appreciate each one of you listeners uh, uh, and for your contributions couple of really good questions Mm -hmm. and observations came in um, in the last hour maybe we can begin to deal with one or two of them Mm -hmm. now Uh, I think it was Corey um, that just raised the question in terms of cost of adoption Mm -hmm. and how that works Um, Mm -hmm. uh, what are the costs of adoption uh, in South Africa you mentioned a number and we just wanted to give a little bit of clarity to that okay so there are two streams um, in 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 this journey. You can go the public route or you can go the private route. The public route is a public social worker who will actually help you. I think you went through that route. Yeah, Mark. I went the public route. Yes. We went through the government and yeah. went through a public social worker. Yeah. And it was, what, six, eight months to get all the paperwork done? Well, you know. <laughs> My wife and I were really motivated. Yes. When we made the decision that we were going to adopt, we were like, okay, this could take nine months. You know, <laughs> th- that's how long a, a kind of a biological yeah. process would take us. But in actual fact, um, we've now made the decision. We, we really, we wanted Thomas as quickly mm. as possible. Yes. And, and so what we did was we phoned the social worker and she said, yes, no, you can come visit me next month. And we said, no, 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 we're going to get in our car. We're driving to you <laughs> right now. Where are you? Give us an address. We'll yes. see you in half an hour. We like arrived and we said, well, what paperwork do you need? And mm. she said, okay, you're going to need a doctor's visit. Mm. You're going to need a marriage enrichment uh, program. And we said, okay, cool. There's a doctor downstairs. We saw him about 100 meters uh, down the road. Um, we're going to go and visit. We'll get a referral for x-rays because mm-hmm. they take an x-ray of your chest. And uh, we'll get that. Re- we'll we'll be back in, in, in yeah. three hours' time. And literally, we went down. We went to the doctor, got a yeah. referral back in her office in three hours' time, gave her the paperwork. We, we pushed as hard as we possibly could. For us, I mean, I stand corrected. I think we started the process in November. And Thomas was remanded into our custody um either at the end of february or the beginning of march mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so the process from start to finish um obviously then there was another month after being reminded into our custody before the final adoption order mm-hmm. uh, went through um but yeah it didn't take as long yeah. as as some of the stories that we've yeah. heard which were mm. which were very very long mm. but we were highly motivated and we had an amazing social yeah. worker yeah. that's the key i mean she was just Have absolutely she was bought yeah. into our story she was as excited about us adopting <laughs> as we were yeah. about adopting yeah. and 
and uh, yeah, so that's it was just amazing. a really good experience for us. Yeah, so that's the one route, <laughs> and then there's the private route which yeah. we went through. Yeah, uh, we found an amazing social worker also. Her name was Suzanne Wasserman. Uh, she's all the way in Rodeport, and she is diligent. I think we went for six sessions yeah. over a month of uh, three months actually, yeah. from like August until November, and she did all the paperwork. Yes, um, at that time it was about. It's about uh, 14. about fourteen, yeah. and she was so gracious. She was like, "You don't have to pay it off immediately." Yeah. Um, she gave us sort of four months to pay it off. And she was really graceful and um, gracious. I mean, and so um, some social workers, yeah. um, they 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 would give you time because they understand, you know, this is, this is the crucial thing to do, and not yes. everyone has the money immediately, yes. right? Mm. And she was a Christian social worker, so she had the heart for it. So that yeah. really, really helped. And so the most important thing is get a good social worker. Mm. Yes, sometimes you don't end up having that, but yes. if you can, if you can position yourself, um, ABBA Adoptions also have an um, amazing journey. That. Yes, mm. yeah. they are, they, hey man, they are well run machine. Um, so get yourself into, there's plenty of these agencies and organizations mm. that mm. have been running for years. Yes. You know, get an experienced one, be part of a Facebook group, you know, Adoption SA is one of them. Hey, I follow if you are looking for a referral mm -hmm. to a social worker, contact Open Home Africa yes. yeah. on Facebook and they will plug you yeah. in yeah. to yeah. a social worker near you yeah. or yeah. somebody who can be trusted. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and cool. I mean, we hold like um, uh, a Zoom sessions with um, the Untetelia guys and you can ask questions yes, you know if you have specific yes. questions uh, we'd love to um, have a discussion with you even if it's a 30 minute just discussion on Zoom and 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 we can iron out just the issues that you have I've yeah. got a I've got a document that actually details all the the steps here and it's it's quite in depth all yeah. the paperwork that you need a certified birth certificate of each parent um, uh, uh, death certificate if applicable uh, copy of your marriage certificate if you're married um, state come a statement of income and um, not that they want you to be rich they just want to see that you can actually provide for a sure. little one yeah uh, proof of residence medical certificate going for a checkup you mentioned so that would be one of those things just for them to know that you are medically fit mm, mm. Um, um, they will not discriminate because I'm against definitely you. not fit you can ask my <laughs> wife about that but you're alive you know? <laughs> yeah I know beating heart and uh, um, what's, what's the other one the, the, the four reference letters Letters. You need to have a reference letter from trusted friends, yes. mm. a pastor, a, mm. a colleague, yeah. a family. boss, a family member. Mm. Short paragraphs just to hey, say. I, and I, I tell you what, as a pastor, <laughs> it has been a great joy for me to write referral letters for friends and for members of yeah. the church yeah. over and over again. And just to see people's heart and mm. their, their interest and their desire to mm. go through this process. Yeah. Always love going yeah. through that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, the two most important important ones the police clearance and your form 30 yeah okay so and those 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 are the two that actually take a while they i mean take e a while. everything yeah. else up to the police clearance mm. and your form 30 and mm. um, you can push pretty hard and you can Within see these things days. happen yeah. uh, and there's cost involved so, i mean there's yeah. cost involved in the doctor's appointment i guess yeah. you could go through a state hospital Liesl and i didn't we went to mm. private through a private gp um uh, there's cost involved in terms of mm. you know photostatting and printing and mm. getting things mm. certified there's a bit of time involved mm. as well mm. um in that 
part of the process. Mm. But when you get to the Form 30 and you get to the police clearance, that's when it's kind of out of your hands. Yes. And mm. in actual fact, we were delayed longer than what we were expected. Sure. What, are, what are we talking about when we talk about those two things? What, what, what is a Form 30? What is a police okay. clearance? So with the police clearance, they have to check that you're not a sexual offender. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not like uh, that you, you, you're not a thief and you're not yeah, a... Yeah, okay. they to just check that on record, you're clean, squeaky clean. Because, yes. I mean, you're dealing with a child's sure. life. Yeah, sure. You know? And then the Form 30, um, they just have to make sure that... Um, yeah, is it the sexual offender one? Yeah, that, that one is permission for you to be um, checked against yep. uh, the uh, sexual, sexual offenders roster. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then uh, um, the other one is also just to make sure that uh, you it's a declaration, and the other one is mm. uh, the one's a declaration, yeah. and the other is actually a, a check. They, they physically make sure that you're not on the register. Because this is going to end up with the judge. Yes. Yeah. At the end of it, yes. the, the judge is going to. Say legally, you are the child's mm. parents. Yeah, yeah. So then you just just check your background. Yes. Okay, it's important. Then after that, the social worker will do the the checks, um, have sessions with you, ask you really good, you know. Yeah, like a home questions. visit. A home visit. A home visit. As yeah, well a few. sure that you have a you know four walls and a roof. A few. <laughs> <laughs> a few. A few home visits, I should say. Uh, okay. Well, how many home visits did you get? I think we had uh, <laughs> we had two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, we had and two. then yeah, she asks you really good questions. Like, sure. are you really ready? You yeah, know, just to really check where your heart is, your mind is, and then um, uh, once a baby is found, there'll be a newspaper advertisement put up. Yeah. Um, in a newspaper. And by the way, that can also be because that's also out of your hands. That's yeah. out of your so, hands. So, you know, when, when we were going through the process of adopting Thomas for about six months before we arrived on the scene in, in terms of that adoption, mm-hmm. they hadn't been posting the re- the the notice in the newspapers. Mm. Um, and so there was a, a massive backlog of children available for adoption mm. um, back then um, because that part of the administrative paperwork <laughs> wasn't yeah, happening like the yeah, yeah. It's a and I think I think uh, a, a social worker who was on the case um, yes. uh, will highlight those type of things. Yes, uh, and yes, there are costs to it because it is a it is a, you te- you're paying a third party, yeah. um, and uh, you, the cost will range from seven hundred rand to a thousand rand per placement because you're paying per centimeter column um, rate yes. on these newspapers um, yeah. in the re- in the area that you live in, um, and the purpose of that is to just to go and find. And, and and say is anybody seeking out this child that is about to be adopted? And maybe maybe also for clarity, we're talking about abandonment. Ab- abandonment babies, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, eight years ago, like it is now, um, there was a spate of abandonments happening in the country, and so um, our local newspaper, the Benoni City Times, mm-hmm. just was reporting of these abandonments over and over again. And some of the situations that they were reporting were just so heart wrenching that it mm-hmm. caused our hearts to be literally torn in two. I, I'm talking Liesel, myself, mm-hmm. and the girls mm-hmm. were just absolutely cut by the desperation that some folk were were, were mm. in um, mm. and with what these children were in. Mm. And so our process was to go uh, to the state and say, uh, is, there, is there a child who needs a home who's mm. gone through this kind of situation? Mm. Mm. And so the, news, the, 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 the newspaper um, advertisement mm. uh, was a requirement uh, yes. in terms of our adoption process. Yeah. Yeah. And you went 90 days. Yeah. Yes. Um, just for that 
period to allowing that. anybody yes. to respond to say that's my child or mm. yes. oh I know the mom yeah. or something family members yeah. can come mm. through if they don't then you can um, get a court order mm. to go to the uh, uh, court then you are um, sort of yeah Yes, yes. Legally, their parents. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just uh, m- mention something about those costs, right? And Because uh, one of the questions spoke of the recent amendment that was made mm. um, to say there should be no fees charged, um, you know, for, for the adoption and um, or for, 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 for the adoption process. And I think um, the costs pertain to the private social worker mm. because um, private social workers are independent. Mm. Um, uh, they are qualified professionals. Yes. And so what you do pay for is their time. There's, yes. the, there's no other way that they make a livelihood but to serve yeah. in this capacity um, so the amendment is actually trying to restrict that um, but it's something that's still in process and so until that is final law mm. the process remains as is mm. right now where you have the both public and the private routes that you can follow mm. um, and in terms of helping from open home Africa um, uh, working alongside um, you know wonderful organizations like Untadile and uh, Untadile um, have participated in all of our workshops um, also highlighting what they are able to help with they actually are a a, a, a home of safety mm. and uh, they actually also are able to um, um, you know assist financially um, uh, families who want to uh, you know go about this process even by a social social a private social worker route mm-hmm. um, assisting you know uh, candidates who want to do it up to uh, 50% I think of yeah. the cost they can yeah. meet um, just to alleviate that burden um, and help the families along that journey mm-hmm. and you know even as we mention the organization on Tintile uh, I'm aware that Joel right now mm-hmm. is in ICU he is mm-hmm. fighting for his life uh, with COVID mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and our thoughts and our prayers really go out to him he, mm-hmm. he's a he's a good man mm-hmm. I love his smile mm-hmm. I love his heart and his desire uh, to see God glorified mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in adoption in our country of South Africa mm-hmm. and uh, yeah just uh, if you're listening in uh, please Please do spare a prayer uh, for Joel, mm. um, who is the man that we're talking about, mm. and a, a great ally yes. uh, in in the world of adoption, yes. um, uh, together with the organisation that he mm. represents. Mm. Okay, so I mean, we've spoken about awareness. We've spoken about just the 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 barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, that the children face <laughs> so many mm. so much desperate need uh, we've spoken about um we, we've touched on just some of the difficulties that we mm. as um that, that that we face in terms of speaking to our families uh we we've spoken about the um the cost and cory thank you so much for that question another question came in from Teresa just around the the, the barriers of um of ancestors and how that works uh, Teresa would li- love us to jump in on that uh, we're going to listen to a quick voice note from Corsi good morning pastor um, mark with the couple that I love so much because they are good hearts. We thank God for them. It's Gogohana. Oh, I went 12 person. years in a place of safety mm. and I know the problems that we experience with the abandoned and with the need of having homes opened 
for adoption, for studying. I know the problems that they will experience, and I'm excited that this has been open to the public because I think there is a need for more homes to be open yeah. for adoption. Thank God for this chat. God bless you. <laughs> ah, thank you, Gugu, and it's always great to hear from you. Uh, Gugu is a is a member at Crystal Park Baptist Church. Mm. She's actually one of the, the first folk that came into the church when I arrived at oh, Crystal wow. Park Baptist Church. And she has remained a, a great encouragement um, to us and is a long-time listener. If we had a jingle, <laughs> we'd, uh, we'll jingle it away now. Um, go, go, but yes, a social, social, social worker, lots of experience. She worked, uh, I, I, I went when she retired mm. uh, to the home where she worked and uh, just saw the extent and the need of the home yeah. uh, where she was working just a, a, a very very large um, uh, orphan care organization um, uh, I'm just thinking of your your mom's involvement in social work and even yes. her current work at the moment mm -hmm. uh, working with uh, vulnerable children yes. uh, particularly around the area of uh, feeding mm -hmm. um, and uh, and in a feeding scheme just the, just the massive needs which exist mm -hmm. uh, within our country yeah, and yet the the massive opportunity which exists for the church mm. to stand up you know Absolutely. at a time just like that yeah. we've spoken in a in a in a bit of depth uh, to the questions of awareness and of administration um uh, maybe just to uh, continue to talk um around um, uh, that issue that you that you brought up, just the objection that is raised around uh, the issues of background and either bringing a child into our home mm -hmm. um, and not knowing their history. Um, do, do you guys want to just touch on that a little bit? Because uh, this is an objection which I've heard of a number of times, yeah. uh, particularly as black brothers and sisters in Christ have mm -hmm. gone to their families and said, we're going down the route of adoption. Uh, we want you to know. And then the pushback that comes back from mm -hmm. a family that, that, that maybe doesn't understand that. Let, let's just let's just really uh, kind of bring that out and, and touch on that a little bit more. So um, we experienced it um, after we adopted where family members, they don't really say it face to face, but you, you just hear it as a comment, as a, you know, uh, we are in a law, you know, that's the kind of question I got as an is this the child, the child you were talking about? You know, they don't want to engage on, you know, just the child themselves, but it's like, oh, so we've heard, so this is the child. So, and you've heard other couples say, I really want to adopt, but my mother-in-law won't, won't do it. Um, or our mothers, they'd be like, outright, this child does not belong here. Mm. And so as a couple, um, they, 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 they wrestle with that yes. because... At the end of the day, we are communal people. Yes, you know, we sure. we love family, and so if mm. this is gonna have tension or conflict within the family, people stay away. Mm. But the biggest thing would be, you know, as a couple, once you've decided this is how the Lord is leading us to extend our family, um, uh, the voice of the family or the voice of the in-laws should not take precedence. Mm. Um, you guys need to be on the same page and say, you know what, this is where the Lord is leading us. And if it means losing mother and father, brother and sister, mm. over doing God's work, absolutely. Um, 
why not? Mm. Because at the end of the day, the gospel is offensive. Yes, absolutely. At the end wow. of the day, the gospel is not an easy thing to do. You will clash over your granny, your grandfather, because they just want to know who's this. But again, as African Shopper said, it is not who gives birth to you, but who authorizes your birth. So mm. if we serve the one who authorizes birth, mm. we listen to him. If he says, look after the office, we look after them. We can't be going back and forth and be having this conversation with whose granny they belong to. The ancestors won't clash. They'll come and fight. The spirits will do this. But do we not pray? Mm-hmm. And did not the Lord say, go into the world, you know, make disciples? This is one way. So And true religion is this. this the yes. care of orphans uh, exactly. and widows. Exactly. Um, I, I, Mark, I just want to add to what Chachela is just saying yes. that I think it, it it comes from it comes from the conviction, yes. you know. Um, when you when uh, when you realize that you as a Christian are a recipient of this, uh, I'd love I'd love to read uh, you know a, a passage that uh, is is a core foundational passage for us in this work, which is uh, found in Ephesians two from verse eight. It says, "For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves; it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast." For we are his creation created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Sure. So that speaks of how we are saved and therefore adopted and also demonstrated. The gospel shines brightest when it, you look at the picture of physical adoption itself, where mm. you are choosing to bestow love to somebody that you don't necessarily know their history yeah. know anything about but you are just choosing them and identifying them as an object of your love mm. against what anybody else says that yes. that child doesn't deserve that child deserves no you have chosen that one and that's the one that you're choosing to raise and and I think you know it's such a gospel witness opportunity mm. especially in the face of opposition yes. in family in the community mm. now, now I mean I do want to nuance our answer by yeah. saying that we are called upon to honor our mother and our father. And that, that honoring of our parents doesn't stop when we hit 18 or 21. Mm. Uh, we are to honor our mother and our father. And the way that we honor them in, in, this, in this way is we give them as much information as we possibly can in terms of the decisions that we are making as adults. Uh, mm. we, we, we honor them, we listen to them, and we try and help them through this journey. We, we're not callous as we, as we convey information to them. We are loving as we convey information to them. Them. But but if this is a decision that a husband has made, uh, a husband and a wife has made as a new family unit, yeah. um, bound together, one in Christ, one flesh relationship, yeah. if they have decided that they are going to go through the process of mm-hmm. adoption, then really before God, they are answerable. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and praise the Lord for decisions like that. Absolutely. Uh, we honor our parents when we are very careful as to the way that we convey that decision to them. Uh, we honor our parents when we our understanding of maybe objections that they have and we answer them carefully mm. and lovingly mm. uh, and sometimes slowly um, but we honor God when we, when we remember that true religion is this Absolutely. Uh, the care of yeah. orphans and, win- and widows I'd also just, just built into this um, is something that um, you know 
black South Africans probably don't talk about usually when a couple says I want to adopt and this is their first child um, they would be admitting to one of two things infertility in the marriage yeah uh, which is as a taboo, also a taboo. <laughs> yeah. it's not spoken about yes. you know and it's so interesting how people would rather uh, not talk about infer- uh, infertility um, but rather they're okay with covering up that um, the husband can go and have an affair <laughs> mm, <laughs> and mm. bring a child and be like oh yeah this is a child from the outside marriage and they're fine with that yes. but then infertility is just like too close to home don't talk about it and all of that because so, of societal pressures yeah the yes. societal pressures yes. and it's like um, you know if the Lord has closed your womb and, 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 and he wants to take you on a different journey yes. um, let his will be done yes. do you understand and so um, we often got the whole you don't have faith you don't have this um, not that we don't believe in God we do believe but maybe the Lord wants us to go in a different way Yeah, mm. you know I mean, in extending the gospel extending the family I mean uh, adoption being so positive you spoke about it from the gospel perspective mm. but in reality we even see adoption in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ mm. absolutely um, Mary sure. under the uh, 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 you know overcome by the spirit gives birth to Jesus mm. but he is adopted mm. into Joseph's family absolutely. so that people around can say yeah. isn't Joseph uh, the carpenter his father yeah. um, our Lord Jesus Christ adopted by a wonderful man yeah. of God yeah. who acted with all integrity yeah. both yeah. at the time when he didn't know what was going on before he was visited by an angel all the way through Mm. uh, his story a a man of great integrity Moses Moses adopted (laughs) I mean uh, you know just that that whole Exodus story and and then the law which comes out of his education and his exposure to to the to the times around him uh, just Mm. such a positive story again absolutely Um, yeah uh, yeah Uh, you know, folk, uh, as we're talking about this, um, number of questions coming in, uh, uh, another question um, comes in, why does this process take so long? <laughs> if it needs to, if the need is so great. That's a good question. Um, and then just in your opinion, what are the, some of the changes which need to come, uh, which need to take place? Maybe you can from, just... From a legal uh, perspective. Well, well, it's a broad question. Um, but, but yeah, wh- why does it take so long? Um, I think I think, you know, with anything with law, um, you know, uh, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's it's there for, for to to actually make sure s- systems are followed correctly, things are done in order. Yes. And um, uh, sadly, there are humans <laughs> who, um, you know, are are are, 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 the, are the like there's bureaucracy as a result of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not an it's not a robot where you could just punch in and then you get your results. Um, it does take time. Um, there's a, there's a backlog because you can imagine we mentioned this is a crisis, mm-hmm. um, and there is a, a shortage of resources when it comes to even human capital mm-hmm. uh, to process these uh, these these uh, applications. Yeah. So that's the cause. I don't think it's deliberate in a, in a very intentional way. I think it's a consequence of uh, maybe not as good planning as there should be mm. um, and uh, we can always improve but I think in terms of what can be done you know what should change mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost is um, families being willing to do to step up yeah. um, despite the delays in, in, in law there can be something there is something always that we can do um, beginning to uh, walk alongside um, the orphanage themselves the orphanages 
um, helping out in terms of just uh, whatever they, they need, um, prayer, resources, volunteering. Uh, referrals, volunteering. Mm-hmm. Well, you, um, you know, as, as you're talking, yeah. uh, a, a question did come in from a from a from a user uh, from a user <laughs> from listener. a listener, uh, Mandy, uh, who did say, "Hey, l- listen, here, what about folk who aren't in the place where they can adopt or yeah. financially afford yeah. to adopt?" Uh, you know, many ways. But, but but I'm listening in, and my yeah. heart is moved. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you start as yeah. a as a as a believer, I love yeah. that you started by the need of orphanages, even just for partners to, to come in and, and interact yeah. with children. I, I'm grateful and indebted to people who came in and yeah. held Thomas mm. for the mm. first five months of his life, yeah. who held yeah. him and coddled him mm. and cooed over him. People who he won't remember and who I will never meet, yeah. <laughs> but who served my family by yeah. loving my son yeah. before I could love him. No, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I volunteered a decade ago at Door of Hope, and that also just showed me the need. Yes. You know, I was there for a few Saturdays and just like being there for 30 seconds, feeding the children, yes. and it's just the morning shift. Um, it, it's a welcome uh, assistance. <laughs> so, if you can volunteer on a Saturday morning, that would be great. Yeah. Look around you in your community. There's always one or two orphanages. We, were, we had a workshop in Soweto, um, Molatzani, a Baptist um, church. Yes. Um, just in the area, there were 24 orphanages wow just in the area yeah all right and maybe just a pitch for Mulatsani baptist church that's sammy and itu mm. uh, labalo um, a home uh, of safety yeah they're opening up a home of safety wonderful family mm. that have uh, adopted a great mm. pastor good church if you're in soweto and you're listening in right now that would be a great church to reach out to if you want information and exposure mm. to mm. what adoption looks like yeah. uh, in a christian context yeah. god glorifying yeah. christian context and, and and one of the people who really wanted to come to that workshop at Molazani couldn't, but they were like, we 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 collect clothes, we collect shoes. Yes, Let yes. us know where we can drop it off. Mm, yeah. So there's some people who can do that. There's I mean, um, you can you can buy diapers with a group of friends, you know, uh, stock fills or whatever. You know, yes, just yes. put aside some cash and we're like, okay, for the month of June, youth month, whatever, drop off nappies, drop off um, uh, uh, milk. You come to the um, end of the year and the stock has been saving up for Christmas why not just put a portion aside uh, you know diapers or food for a a local organization uh, another one would be um, supporting parents who want to adopt but they don't have the money Mm. so if you're Mm. in a good financial position and you're like you know what I know a couple Mm. they've been wanting a baby but they don't have the need here's 500 rand Mm. this could go a long way Um, um, we had someone donate your daughter, yeah, <laughs> no, like and and, and donate, donate, <laughs> donate some money, for, for, and for that helped open up open home, yeah, as yeah. an NPO, yeah. you know. So it's those they go along, hey, the way. And, and you know, look, uh, I, I, yeah, I probably she's been outed uh, unintentionally she probably wouldn't have wanted to have known that uh, that that she gave anything but but that. she received some some money for christmas uh, mm. or maybe it was a birthday or maybe it was from her grandfather and um and she came to her parents and said hey um I, I I actually, you know, I don't want to use all of this for myself. Um, I'd like to make a contribution. She said, well, well, you know, what were you thinking? And she was, well, you know, Auntie Chachero and Uncle Sefiso are doing great work. Um, how, how could I support them? And so she put aside a, you know, a small amount of money. We it was a, it was so a percentage. And, we um, yeah, her, her, her intention yeah. was to 
was to see children adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Her yeah. intention yeah. was to see children that were in great need adopted. And she knew that you guys were doing yeah. work yeah. Uh, to that yeah. effect. I mean, that goes a long way. Um, as much as, you know, you, 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 you don't need millions. Yeah. You know, someone can say, you know what? I'm a single person. What can I do? 16-year-old with a birthday gift. Help, <laughs> yeah. help in, in, in setting up date night for mom and dad who have adopted or foster kids. You know, they yeah. want some time off. And don't forget the signal. The single. Singles, uh, singles. The signals, <laughs> the singles in your church yes. have yes, gone absolutely. through the process yes. of adoption. They, they have special needs, you yeah. know, in mm. terms of in terms of their family structure. Yeah. You know, mm. one parent with a child. Mm. Um, uh, what a what a wonderful testimony! What a great opportunity! And what a wonderful response yeah. to the need in our country mm. uh, when a single uh, adopts uh, absolutely mm. desires mm. to see a child absolutely. grown up. In a we in a loving that. environment, and but but they do they they need the community around them exactly. to assist them. They yeah. they need to go out from way, time to time. They need babysitting. By, by way of encouragement, I love. just want to um, say even to 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 the lady who uh, did send through that comment to say, mm. what do you do when you uh, don't necessarily have the means but you want to? Um, uh, just by way of encouragement is that you know like truly it it, it is not just what you have it's just what you're willing to mm. go and do and i think the need is there and moves us to go and do something and do so in faith mm. you know because we're co-laboring with the lord in this mm. and he has all the infinite resources that exactly. we could not even imagine and dream of yes. so 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 the testimony is that you know in our journey and the the walks that we've also witnessed with others mm. is that the lord is met the need far and beyond mm. the very famous example is uh, George Miller yes you know where it I mean, wasn't it wasn't about example. about what they had it was yeah. about who they knew who they knew could provide every day mm. yeah you know and so they'd never turn away a child but they knew that they wanted to make sure that they met the needs uh, it, of the crisis maybe maybe to say that George Mueller is the is the founder um, uh, of of the modern day uh, movement for the care of orphans. Um, uh, he was an Englishman, spent some time, if I remember correctly, in France. Mm. Um, really was just, uh, he was a pastor. Um, was he a Baptist? He was. Yeah. Oh, let's just make him a Baptist. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but but an all-round good guy. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think he might have been Church of England because uh, I can remember that at the time he refused for people to buy. They would buy benches. Um, uh, they would buy the, the their the place queues. where they where they were seated. He refused for that to happen. Um, he didn't take up a collection during the service. There was a box at the back of the church, and people would pop their mm. uh, their giving into that. He wouldn't know how much they gave. He he. Really really was a man who lived by faith yeah. um, and and sometimes I mean to his own physical detriment he mm. drove his wife nuts at times um, but but his great faith um, ended up influencing the lives of literally thousands yep. upon thousands yeah. of children um, who um, who they were able to care for um, and God provided for the needs mm. uh, of him his family and and literally mm. thousands mm. of children in England um, as uh, England yeah. was at a really, really tough time. I'm encouraged so by the comments yeah. um, by Tim from Storenbrook, who I know has just gone through adoption oh, wow. uh, in Pretoria. He says they used ABBA adoptions with an exclamation mark and <laughs> just know the excitement that uh, that, mm. that that was. Uh, Bontler, thank you so much for your kind comments. Uh, just uh, encouraged by the show. Um, 
Quinton Saunders, a good friend again from Pretoria, listening in, uh, involved uh, in uh, in pastoral work out here in Pretoria at a really good church, Pretoria yeah. Central Baptist Church. Uh, he says, keep up the good work, guys. Uh, Father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation, quoting mm-hmm. from Psalm 68, mm-hmm. verse 5. Um a couple of other folk, uh, Varushka, um, uh, just commenting and encouraging uh, the work that you guys are doing, the content of the show, and uh, the discussion around adoption. Um, m- maybe just to talk uh, very briefly, we, we, we've kind of now covered awareness, we've covered administration, we've we've touched on resources, connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you guys have gone through adoption. Yeah. I've gone through adoption. One of the barriers to adoption is just a fear of of what that final connection will be yeah. like, what, mm. what it will look like on the other side of the legal process, on yeah. the other side of the harm, you mm. know, mm. as you know, Teresa pointed out. Mm. Um, when it comes to adoption, um, what does adoption feel like uh, on the other side of a judge? Remanding a child into your custody, yeah. or a, a judge issuing an adoption order. I, 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 I of, of, in our journey, I went through <laughs> a series, a pro, a pro, a, you know, a period of cold feet because precisely of that. Because I thought, will this child ever accept me as their father? You know, yeah, um, yeah. and I didn't know that question, uh, the answer to that question, um, until he arrived. Um, and you know, Fide arrived in our in our lives uh, at home. I think it was uh, eight, the eighth week of his life, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but we had met him at six, and um, so so what happened was the natural thing that happens at home. The child is hungry. He cries. You give him food. <laughs> he grows up. He learns to say, "Okay, this is mommy. This is daddy." Yeah. And then he learns to listen to yeah. obey. And within the the, 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 the the daily routines of that process, a uh, relationship is built and uh, a relationship of love, a relationship of trust mm. and yes. a relationship of that sense of endearment towards each other um, that it's, you, you know, it happens naturally and you cannot control what the response will be later on as far as. You know when he ch- when he, when he realizes uh, uh, you know at at the age of twenty one to say you adopted them maybe and uh, you chose them and then they're not your natural child how he responds to that will will be um, answered by the love that they were raised with yeah. the, the the care and the sacrifice yeah. that was made for their upbringing yeah. and that's all that matters mm. everything else truly is in God's hands um, you know if, if, if they like any parent mm-hmm. you know you do not have every you do not have every like a, a control over them becoming you know Christians like you are yeah. You know, that is of the Lord and you, yes. you commit to prayer, you commit in love and, and encouragement and raising them up as mm. Deuteronomy exhorts us to do mm. um, uh, as, as parents to children. And you do it in faith. Yeah, yeah. you do it in faith. I, I mean, it is so I, I, I do like that you made the connection between a child who's biologically yours and mm. a child who is yours by adoption um, that, that you 
that you recognize that we have no control over either of those children really that that this is in the hands of the Lord and we are called upon to trust him Mm. um, even with the hard things Um, do recognize that uh, adoption is sometimes accompanied by tears Um, even as we were speaking a a message came in from Neville Mm. um, and just really um, outlying a a situation which is heartbreaking Mm. I mean really really tough and I I know that these things um, don't always end up uh, as hallmark picture card moments that Mm. that adoption just like any other mechanism of growing up a child can sometimes be be accompanied by great heartbreak Mm. um, and that we give of ourselves in this process yeah anything that you want to add there it's um no, parenting is 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 tough. <laughs> parenting is a context sport. <laughs> You're sanctifying. You know whether they're yours biologically or not. You know, um, even in the in the in the fostering situation where the mom is in the picture, yes. you know, it's even harder because emotionally you've attached, but you can't really attach because yeah. the law doesn't allow you to yes. unless they sign that baby off. However, as Fisa said, this is, you walk by faith. Mm. You do day by day and take it step by step with the Lord and you just ask Him to help you because children are borrowed to you for a time. Mm. Yeah. Right? You don't control how long. You don't, so even if the Lord gives you two months, two years, 20 years, that is by God's grace. But in that two, three, five years, be diligent, be faithful in mm. how you raise them. Yeah. And and there will be sad stories just like life is fallen, this world is fallen. However, um do what you can in the time that the Lord has given Absolutely. you. Mm. Um if it if it's a traumatic situation, the light can shine in very dark places. Mm. And this yeah. is trauma for children. Yes. The vulnerable, the mm. abandoned, this is traumatic. Yes. But you can do the little that you can to shed mm. light. And who knows, that child will remember you. Yeah. Later on in life, something will just click. <laughs> and be like, hey, actually, you know, I met this lovely, well, she's actually my mom's best friend. Um, yeah. She stays out in Sushanguvim. Her and her husband um, felt the need to go um, be foster parents to an orphanage home. They got wow. there. There were like over 12 kids. Hey, and that's a, I mean, just, you know, to interject, that's a real need in our country right huge. now. It is people who are willing huge. to be house moms and dads. Yeah. who have a calling on their heart, mm. maybe not to adopt mm. um, into their own family, yeah. but to oversee yeah. a a house and to bring discipline, instruction, and love and order mm. and uh, and uh, and just uh, the the mechanisms sure. of a household. It's a real need. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I was really touched by this story because they they just dropped everything. Literally, she just dropped everything, resigned. They moved to that house and they looked after these children. And after a couple of years, um, they thought they had done their bits and they wanted to go back to their home. And the kids were like, are you taking us with? And so they took (laughs) some of the kids. But now, fast forward 12 years later, the kids are 18. They're thriving, you know. Um, And and she couldn't have children. For me, this is like a a beautiful story because you don't see many um, black uh, couples doing this yeah. you know so for me it was like wow this is awesome we need stories like this where they've taken their children against the voice of the community or the family of the people um and 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 they were 
lights in these children's lives mm-hmm. and 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 now the kids will be grown they could leave the nest yes. you know but she <laughs> did what she could with the time that the lord has given her um she's over 60 i think and um yeah the kids are ready to leave the nest but this is what she did and the lord gave her the heart to do this mm-hmm. and so you don't know who you're raising yeah you mm-hmm. know you just mm-hmm. don't know you could be the next michael yeah. you know you know so we don't know so we 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 just thankful that children are reward from the Lord, and we must treat them as that, mm. and 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 be faithful with what He has given us. Feed is totally excited about his brother that's <laughs> coming. He wants a bunk bed, and we need to get him a bunk bed, <laughs> so you know he can welcome his little brother because we want to adopt again. <laughs> and uh, we're praying that our paperwork can go through. It can take anything from six months to twelve months, but all we can do right now, prayerfully. Ask the Lord to lead us to the right baby and and, and hopefully we could raise them up. And if it's a matter of a traumatic case, we, we pray that the Lord may equip us. Mm, you sure. know, to have a community around us who yeah. can walk with us yes. so that we could um, deal with the issues. Because there are many issues. You don't just mm. adopt mm. and, oh, life is good. Yeah. How do we go through these? The kids grow up. Um, yeah. Interracial families, they come up with hey, all sorts Thomas of things. Thomas is, is <laughs> you know, I mean, his yeah. friends. He, yeah. he, you know, he gets dropped off at school mm. and his friends ask, well, you know, who are the Mlungus that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that drop you off on yeah. the curb? And he's like, that's well, that's my mom and my dad. Mm. And uh, mm. Thomas would know who uh, one of the kids said, Well, who are your real parents? Mm. Thomas's answer would, Don't be stupid, they're real. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you <laughs> see them? <laughs> A little bit oblivious, you know, kind of yeah. growing into himself. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I can't speak to anyone else's situation, recognizing that in life, nothing is certain things go mm. wrong mm. and sometimes mm. these tales do end in tragedy I, I can just talk to my own experience and my own heart yeah. um, I have three children um, uh, I have Caitlin I have Kat- Catherine and I have Thomas and I, I can truthfully say that my love for my children um, uh, overwhelms me mm. um, uh, that uh, I can't think of my love for any one of them is qualitatively different yeah. um, or quantitatively different if yeah. I had to be honest yeah. uh, I can say that I because Thomas has come a little bit later he has had a disproportionately large and because he's a boy <laughs> yeah. he has had a disproportionately large amount of my time and uh, and certainly is in many ways the apple of my eye <laughs> and, and I have so much affection for him um, he's the uh, uh, I, I I put him to bed at night and lie in his bed and and pray with him and you know tell him stories of his past and stories about God because he's constantly asking questions about God and yeah. <laughs> you know um, uh, and and you know in the morning he often wakes up and makes his mom and I a cup of coffee because he's very proud that he can wow. make coffee now wow. um, but he'll come in and, and lie in bed with us and you know just be cozy and warm before he has to go and, and get into his uh, school clothing and uh, I, I can just attest to the real genuine mm. um, uh, love which I have for my son um, uh, and and that love, that heart, I would love it to be shared by many, many others Absolutely. because the need is so great. Yeah. I would love to see people opening their mm. hearts and their opening homes. their homes yes. to the very real need yeah. that we have in South Africa. Closing thoughts, closing comments, just, yeah, Chachelo Safiso. I think, sure, the Lord created family. 
Mm. And um, it is one of the things that we all seek after. We, we, we long to have some sort of belonging mm. into a family, a community. And so you struggle uh, going through life if you don't have that. Mm. And so imagine when there's a generation of five million children who are abandoned, what will happen? you know, if they are not grafted into a family. Mm -hmm. So our clarion call this morning is um, the Lord created this um, institution of family and mm. we'd love Christians to step into the mandate that says look after, you know, orphans, widows and surgeons and um, loudly so for the Christians, loudly so for the churches. We, we would love to um, come to your church when the mm. restrictions are, you know, lowered and, and, and we, we're past the, the peak. But we'd love to help churches start the culture of adoption yes. and make it real in their churches. Because I really believe that children who grow up in sound families, in sound churches, communities, um, grow up to be um, just people that God wants them to be mm. you know because they're made in God's image mm. they really are made in God's image and we would love to assist set up um, systems processes even mm. just a chat yeah. on how do we do this yeah. as people who believe um, what we say we believe how do we work it out because theology can set hey yes. but until it comes to the heart mm. and we walk it out mm. it will always just remain a concept mm. so maybe just to be clear if folk want to have that chat with you or if a pastor or somebody who's in charge of social concern or uh, mercy ministry in yes. a church is listening in and they would like open home Africa to yes. come in and mm. do a workshop in their church yes. they can reach out to you guys on Facebook by just typing into the Facebook search open home Africa, Africa. Yeah. and they will find uh, they will find uh, the way the, the, the Facebook the page yeah. Yeah. correct Excellent. yes um, cool. yeah. so Fiesel, clo closing thoughts you got yeah a minute <laughs> um, but but more than more than uh, anything I'd love um, to for, for, for listeners and uh, those who th would be hearing this uh, the recording is that uh, we have an amazing opportunity to co-labor and, and work alongside God in this work. We, yes. we have a task that remains unfinished in the world. That's why after we get saved, we're not just taken out of the world because there's many more that we need to share the wonderful news of the gospel with. Mm. And adoption, foster care, um, you know, opening up our homes as a, a places of safety is one avenue of sharing this gospel practically mm. uh, because we can raise up children in the, in the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, praying that in faith they would grow up to be uh, 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 citizens of this country that go up and, and build the communities and actually go out and serve mm. in the churches as well. Well, guys, I, I want to say thank you to the two of you for coming in. I also want to say thank you to listeners, both for listening and certainly to those of you who interacted with us today. It was great uh, to have a conversation with you. Our prayers, and I, I am thinking of Joel, um, mm. our prayers go out to those who are struggling over this period, particularly mm. in health, for those who are grieving um, as they have lost um, over this period. Uh, they also go out to the elders and the deacons holding the line in local churches, as mm -hmm. well as for missionaries. Uh, let's not uh, forget about those who mm -hmm. are serving in foreign fields. Uh, we pray for and we give much respect to our first responders, to police, 
uh, to all the um, defense um, um, and the dispensers of justice in our land, along with firefighters and paramedics and our nation's nurses <laughs> and yes. medical professionals um, and correctional service officers. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for the great work which we are doing, and uh, we certainly will be praying for you uh, even today. You've been listening to Table Talk with me, your host, Mark. We will be going to news shortly. Um, So until next week, Friday, go with God and get after it.